Hey, gorgeous lady, how you doing? Hello, lovely. I'm so amazing. I had the best fucking time with you at the garbage show for my birthday. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And it's always great to see you and hang out with you. And I just, like, I know always, but I'm somehow reminded even more how much I adore you and just like how much I love hanging out with you every time we hang out. Same. (laughs) Same. I had so much fun. You cracked me up so much. I got quite drunk. It was amazing. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I apparently had taken my keys out in the Uber and put them in my pocket. And then by the time I got to my front door, forgot I did that and was convinced I had not brought my keys and couldn't find them. (laughs) So it was that level. Was Johnny at least home for that? Or you're like, oh, fuck. I'm like just outside. I made him buzz me in because I gave up trying to find my keys. And then I literally (laughs) walked up to my front door and then like reached to my pocket and was like, they're in my pocket. Amy, good job. You're like, I had a great time in case you were asking. You're wondering. Yes. (laughs) It was so great. And Shirley Manson, like, what a queen. Ah, love her. That fucking dress she wore. Yes. Tool, eleganza, extravaganza. Yes. Uh, like bright red. Mm. So good. Such an amazing show. I think we got a free wine out of it too. I'm pretty sure we did. Accidentally because they... Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I know. That was one of those where I just picked it up and walked away very quickly because I was like, I don't want them to realize that they fucked up. So Yeah, because the uh, like portals or whatever like lost their internet connection so they couldn't run cards. And I was like, what if I give you like money tip, no change, act like actual cash, like just give it to you. And then initially was like, no. And then I was like, have like cash here. And then I was like, and I'm tipping you. And then he's like, okay. And like, I guess they were like, because it was the only bar there that like lost internet connection and there's a huge fucking line. So I guess they're like, fuck it, whatever. I was like, cool. And then the maths didn't add up because we definitely paid less than what four wines cost. Yes. I'm not mad about it. But I was like, happy birthday to me. I'll take it. Not mad about that. Yeah. I was like, did I go home with an open wine can in my purse? Yeah, 100% I did. <laughs> That's class right there. I mean, epitome, tippy top. Yeah, it was a very eventful few days because it was also, I also went to Miami for Christina's baby shower. Yeah. And then I didn't realize you literally like flew back right before the show and then like, got changed and came to meet me basically immediately, which like, thank you for doing that. (laughs) I was like, that's, that's true friendship right there. Because honestly, if I have to deal with the airport, like I'm done for the day. Like, that's it. I don't want to do anything else. I'm over it. Yeah. I mean, having that Delta Amex really helps a lot though. Cause having access to that, that club lounge, that like a Delta lounge, it's game changer. Yeah. And the flying uh, experience. Living that Delta Amex life, girl. (laughs) Delta Amex life. Absolutely. I was like, I love it. Which gave me status because I had to pay for two surgeries and they wouldn't take a payment plan. So it went right on the Amex. So I qualified. Like, what? Yep. Nice. <laughs> yep. So now I'm just paying Amex interest on these two surgeries. Girl. But I'm getting Delta points. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. There you go. <laughs> like, it, it, doesn't make it worth it, but it helps the pain a little bit, I feel like. It definitely does. I'm like, well, you know, it's like I'm I'm being bled dry on this interest rate, but I got upgraded to first class, so that's pretty great. Free booze. There you go. Absolutely. I was like, who's mad about that? Yeah. Definitely not me. No. Mm-mm. 
Oh my God. And I was so excited. I got to meet one of our fans, Katie, who also came to the show with us. Katie, love Katie so much. Katie's amazing. Katie, you were wonderful. I had such a great time with you. Thank you for coming out. I love Katie. And like celebrating my birthday with me. That was fucking such a wonderful surprise. She's the fucking best. She's so great. I was like, I loved her. She was hilarious. I was like, we got along famously. (laughs) I mean, obviously, of course. I knew you would. Yes. Amazing. Tens across the board. Tens across the board. It's like any other new exciting news for the week. I feel like I just saw you, so I don't have that much update to my life. That's kind of it. It was it was my niece's birthday. She turned eight. She's really obsessed with Elvis Presley. And I have had this jean jacket that was like a custom painted on one of a kind jacket that has Elvis Presley's face on the back of it. It says Elvis Presley in rock and roll. Oh my God. And I've had this for months and I've just been like dying to give it to her. And I remember showing it to her sister and her sister was like, she's not really a jean jacket person. I was like, I hear you, but she's going to love this. Yeah. But it's Elvis. She's an Elvis Presley kind of girl. So she's going to be all over it. She doesn't give a fuck what it is as long as Elvis Presley's on it. Yeah. It was very cute because I had told her that I was going to be there for her birthday because Christina's baby shower was the same day. And she had forgotten. So when I walked through the door, she screamed and hugged me. She's like, I forgot you were going to be here. <laughs> here. That's so cute. <laughs> it was very, very cute. It was very sweet. She loved her jacket. And I told her, I was like, you know, this is a very special jacket. It's custom. There's only one like this in the world. It's the only one in the world. And she went around telling everyone, she's like, it's custom. <gasps> it's the only one in the world. And... <laughs> I love that so much. That's so adorable. Yeah, it was really cute. So it's great to see my my nephew and nieces. Yeah, and and Christina's having a baby. So we're doing all that. Fun. Fun stuff. Congratulations, Christina. I know. It's so it's very exciting. It's very exciting because then I'm I'm uh I'm gonna be the godmother. Of course. And and I don't think Christina's abiding by this, but but part of the role of the godmother is if you die, they the godmother's supposed to raise your kid. I was going to bring this up, actually, because that was my understanding as well. But I also thought that was a little outdated now. So I have, th- this will be my third godchild. I know for one of them, that is the case. I am written in the will as as caring for. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. No prush. <laughs> right? I was like, so theoretically, if there are multiple horrible accidents, you could wind up with three kids right now. I know at least one. <laughs> At least I'm up with one. But it's also uh, the godparent is supposed to guide you on your like spiritual journey and like, you know, bring you closer to God and Christ and like all that kind of. But it is supposed to be that. But I know for one, absolutely, I am I am listed as caring for the child, as being their, their caretaker should both parents die. I don't know if that's the case with the other two. If it is, that's a lot of fucking kids. And I would got to be like bubble wrapped and shit because I can't take care of three kids. Fuck. <laughs> like that's a lot of pressure for me thanks it's a lot of pressure and I'm kind of like this this podcast needs to be making a lot more money than it is because financially I cannot be taking care of three kids and living in Hell's Kitchen children are very expensive yes they sure are holy fuck I'm like how do you do that <laughs> I literally don't know how anyone has kids I see all of the shit you guys do and I'm like I could not do any of that at all nailing it yeah. Because I'm certainly not. Fuck. The unsung heroes of the world. Yeah. Dude, I know. I mean, the, the population would die with me if it was just, if it was on me, I'm like, I guess uh, it's been real. We've had a nice uh, few thousand years. 
I mean, same problem. Same. <laughs> be like, sorry. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I guess is that that's all the things. Well, yeah, because we just saw each other. Yeah, we just saw each other. That's kind of all all my excitement for the week. Work. Well, guys, this is uh, the True Listener Tales episode. Yes. Which is our favorite of all the episodes. Fuck yeah. (sighs) Love True Listener Tales. I know. It's where we read your true crazy stories. And you always always bring them. So I'm very excited about this installment. Oh, yeah. Right? Look at me. It's like me too. I'm never not excited about True Listener Tales. I mean facts, yeah. Because you guys, this is some wild shit always. Yeah. They fucking always bring it. And then I'm like, God, my life is so boring by comparison. (laughs) I mean, yeah, totally. Which like sometimes they're so horrifying. I'm like, thank God my life is so boring by comparison, because if this shit happened to me, I would never get over it. I mean, literal facts. Yeah. Yes. Totally. All right. And I'm starting us off this week, correct? Yeah, girl. Let's do it. Amazing. A girl I used to work with who was a chef and a comedian in New York disappeared and was later found dead. Before she died, she'd been posting a lot of things on Twitter about how abusive her boyfriend was and how she thought he'd done something to his ex-girlfriend because he kept saying she'd just disappeared and wouldn't really answer any questions about her. This is the most red flaggy, awful thing ever. Right? Terrifying. Yeah. She was convinced he'd stolen his ex's identity and made her disappear. Oh my God. Girl, I'm not ready for this. This is stop beer right out the gate. Yes, immediately. And believed he was exploiting and participating in human trafficking and even tagged the New York FBI in her posts. What the fuck? I like, first of all, I didn't know they had a Twitter. I didn't know you could just like (laughs) tag them like, hey, FBI, by the way. You're like, hey, at the FBI, we celebrate Floral Fridays. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also maybe look into this. Throwing it out there. That's wild. She snooped through his stuff and found a box with a bunch of random notes and an encrypted hard drive. She said when she confronted him about the drive, he got angry and violent. And after she brought it up, it disappeared. She also posted videos of her logging into his email and accused him of poisoning her when she was pregnant and steal what? And stealing her identity to open a credit card in her name. This is all wild. Holy fuck. At one point, she tweeted, I do not intend to hide or disappear. I have no plans of going off the grid. If I disappear, I'm gone forever. Jesus. Her last tweet was also very ominous and said, my ID has gone missing. It's over for me. But as disturbing and sketchy as all of this sounds, according to someone who was close to her, her tweets were actually part of a manic episode and her accusations were untrue according to her family. They also said that a PI was hired to track down his ex-girlfriends and they were found alive and well. There has been no official information released or ruling into the cause of her death, but according to her own tweets, she met her boyfriend after she was released from the mental hospital for attempting suicide in October 2021. So it's possible that's actually how she died. While I don't personally believe she was murdered, her tweets make the whole situation seem super sketchy. And if she was suffering from mental health issues, it's a shame she wasn't getting the help she needed. She was only 34 when she died, and either way, it's really tragic. And that's from Anonymous. Holy fuck. Right out of the gate. Literally, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say holy fuck right out the gate. Oh my God. Yeah. Insanity. I'm like traumatized, and we have, we have 
start of the fucking episode. Oh my God. I can't get over this. I can't imagine like following this person and like reading all these tweets and being like, what the actual fuck is going on? And then you find out like however long later that they're dead. I would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other way to feel about it realistically. Like what the fuck? Okay. Holy fucking shit. That gave me the willies. My God. Okay. (laughs) Girl, correct. Girl. All the willies. Willie is in town. My God. Uh, Thank you so much for that story. My best friend's parents were out of town one weekend and she had the house to herself. She went about her business, having dinner, watching TV, and then decided to go to bed. She was lying in her bed with her back to the closet when she heard the door open. She somehow pretended to be asleep. And the man who was hiding in the closet (gasps) walked around her bed to the side of her face she was laying facing, gently stroked her hair and face, then left. Full body chills. I am like waving my hands erratically. No to all of that. First of all, you know how creeped out I am by closets. Same. And two, like... (sighs) I'm one of those that I can't sleep with the closet door, like any door open. I can't sleep with it. Correct, Monique. Yeah. That is smart. Self-preservation. <laughs> yes. This is terrifying. The stroking of the face too. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. She immediately called her boyfriend to ask him to come over, then called her parents and then the police. I think that order is a little bit wrong. Yeah. I've, police should have been first. That's, you know, but also like, I get it. Like, this yeah. is not happening to me. Somebody would probably need to talk me down before I could call the police and not be hysterical. So, Oh, that's probably true because I just would be screaming and they'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't understand you, (laughs) ma'am. Just like sobbing incoherently. Yes. Long story short, this man had been getting into their home via a doggy door. Girl. I mean, they have like big ones, obviously, for big dogs, but like still, that's like some contortionist shit. Yes. They didn't have a dog and didn't bother to secure it. Girl, no. Uh-uh. That's not the move. And he'd been living in a tent in a foresty area behind their home for months to creep on her. They found a ton of surveillance footage of her sleeping and pieces of her clothing and stuff. <gasps> Girl. Oh my God. This is so creepy. No. I would be fucked up for the rest of my life. Literally. Forever. Like, just put me in a padded cell after that. Like, I'm not... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I am going to have every alarm, like, quadruple lock everything forever. Yes. Like, bars on the windows. I'd be like, if I die in a fire, I die in a fucking fire. No one's coming in here. (laughs) I'll accept that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, that's... I'm fine with that fate. If I recall correctly, this happened somewhere in Alabama, most likely the mid-2000s. Anonymous. Ah! Oh my God. (sighs) Trauma galore. Trauma galore. This makes me rethink having a doggy door at all now. Like, I don't have that option anyway right now because I live in an apartment, but still. I never really understood a doggy door because, so I had cats that were indoor-outdoor cats, and when they wanted to come in or out, they would just be like, bitch, open the door. And you're like, okay. Yeah. I guess it, it makes sense if you're like away for most of the day or something, and you want the dog to be able to like, go outside and use the bathroom while you're like gone at work. I don't know. We had a doggy door when I was growing up, but we like, I don't know. We lived in the country in the middle of nowhere and the dogs just like came and went whenever they wanted. Doesn't that like fuck with your AC and shit? Cause you have like a fucking hole in your door. 
Not really, because it's got like a it had like a the flap flap yeah. or something. Yeah. So I don't really remember, but we definitely had one. I feel like I also definitely crawled through it as a kid too. Now that I'm thinking about it, that sounds like a thing I would do. Never seen a doggy door in real life. What? <laughs> That's just the thing I've seen, like, on TV. <laughs> Wait, I love that. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I knew somebody one time who had never seen a clothesline in real life, and they were, like, so impressed yeah. that they we had one when we lived in New York. And, like, I thought it was the cutest thing ever because I grew up <laughs> in the country where we 100% had a clothesline and we hung the clothes on it to dry for, yeah. like, a long period of my life. My grandma has one, but I think that's the only person I've ever seen in real life who has a clothesline. I really liked ours. One time I hung all of our delicates out there and it was just like colorful panties galore. And it was actually like really beautiful. And then I was like, ooh, except I now realize all of our neighbors can see our underwear. So maybe I won't do that anymore. See, the thing with the clothesline is that I would always be paranoid that it would just start raining and then it would undo all the work that I tirelessly did. That does happen. I do remember <laughs> having to like run out several times when you realized it was like starting to rain and be like, oh shit, we left the clothes out there and you like gotta go run and like pull everything down real quick. And you were like, fuck. Especially in Florida. Cause that's just, it'll creep up on you. Yeah. <laughs> like out of nowhere, fucking 2 PM. It's going to pour rain. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anonymous. That was fucking traumatizing. Yes. Thank you. That was very disturbing. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same. When I was in EMS training, we had to do ME rotations to learn gross anatomy. The ME told us of a case they had the previous month where they had an unattended death in a rental property of a single 40-something person with no known medical history. Autopsy was unremarkable until the labs came back. Carbon monoxide poisoning. They reported it back to the police who investigated. Turned out his heating system had a weird malfunction that would emit massive amounts of CO. Damn. Crazy. That's why you need the, the carbon monoxide detector. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. In this case, the autopsy saved someone else's life as the heating system was fixed to avoid it from potentially killing the next renter. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that. Dude. Can you imagine just like people keep moving in and they keep dying? Like every single time. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Is like a like possessed home that just like murders everyone who fucking moves into it? Or like, no. I mean, that's totally would be the logical explanation for me. I'd be like, we're not moving here. <laughs> Whereas science is like, yeah, high carbon monoxide. Thank you. Yeah, exa <laughs> exactly. And that story was from V. Thank you, V. Holy shit. Thank you, V. Fuck. Oof. Get a carbon monoxide detector. It can save your life. Yes, absolutely. Isn't carbon monoxide, is that the one? No, it's gas. It's gas that they add the smell to. So you can smell it. Yeah, no, carbon monoxide is, uh, there's no smell to it, which is why it's so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I know gas, they, it, it is odorless, but they add smell to it. So you don't like fucking die and blow up your fucking house. That's why carbon monoxide's the silent killer. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was deeply fascinating because carbon atoms and oxygen atoms are not that different in size. They're like relatively the same size. So the like receptors for the oxygen molecules, which is obviously O2, fits the carbon monoxide molecule perfectly, which is why it kills you because your body fits it into those like oxygen receptors. Yeah. Oh. I'm not doing this explanation justice at all, but that is 
something that stuck with me. Science Corner with Amy Traden. Hey. <laughs> it's like the janky science corner. That's more than I got. I was like, I don't know. It just kills people. It's a fucking menace. <laughs> Fuck. Oof. It's, it's, I, I'm getting like full on creeped, creeped out listening to these stories. Yeah. When I was three, my parents moved us into a new neighborhood. The house was nice, but kind of old. The neighborhood was an old 50s track home area, so it had a pretty varied group of people living there. As soon as we moved in, my dad started noticing weird things with me. He would hear me giggling and laughing in my room, and whenever he went in and asked what was so funny, I would tell him that the kids were being funny. Oh, that gave me chills. No, no. (sighs) He would also come in to wake me up and find me curled up in the closet. This happened over and over again. But my parents didn't think much of it because I was a pretty imaginative kid. The thing that wigged them out the most was that I flat out refused to walk out the front door. I would scream and yell and cry until one of my parents carried me in and out of the house. When you walked in the front door, to the right, there was a closet, and to the left, there was a low brick wall that separated the front door from the living room. It was about four feet high and about three feet long, just a room divider, but I never touched it or wanted to be near it. What the fuck? Girl. After we had lived there for a few months, my dad started making some renovations to the house. Among them was demolishing the wall. My parents dropped my brother and I off with our grandparents the day they were going to do it so that we wouldn't be underfoot. We didn't end up going home for a week. When my dad knocked on the wall, he called the police. Inside the brick wall were bones that turned out to be from children. No. Girl. My jaw's on the floor and I just got like waves of back-to-back chills. That is so terrifying. Girl. But also I would feel vindicated because I'm like, yeah, I fucking told you. Yes. Yeah, thanks. I knew. Hi, there are kids here. Hello. How much clearer do I have to make this shit? (laughs) You never listen to me. Goddamn. The cops never did figure out who put them there. The house had been owned by a lot of people, many of them who had rented it out. So it's just one of the many weird things that happened in my town that was never figured out. A, B. (gasps) Girl. I don't know if you're a girl, but I'm girling you. Girl. It's appropriate either way. Yes. Holy shit. What the fuck? I'm so creeped out by this. Little ghost children. You know I don't do well with a ghost child. (laughs) I know the ghost children. I know. Thank you again, A.B. That was very chilling, Yeah, (laughs) for lack of a better word. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck? A ward I worked on once had a patient who was a psychic medium. We had a bit of a laugh with her as she was on the ward for a while. She'd had a stroke, which affected her mobility, and she would do readings for the staff from time to time. I love that. I love that. I love that, too. I'd be like, I'm so excited to go to work today. I'm going to get my reading. (laughs) I took it all as just a bit of fun until one evening when she pressed her nurse call buzzer and told us to go check on a patient in a side room as he was dead. We went to check and sure enough, found that the gentleman had died. Later on, we asked our psychic patient how she had known and she told us that she had seen him coming out of his room, obviously distressed. She realized he had died and had to explain to him what had happened and help him to pass over slash go into the light. Now, I am not a believer, but that gave me the creeps. Yeah. That gave me the creeps too. And I think I might be a believer after that because... (laughs) I mean... Yeah. 
also like I I don't I don't think uh I, I know what happens when you die, but I would hate that you just like don't know what happened. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. And you're like confused and it's like, nah, man, you're dead. Like, I really hope that's not how that goes. Right? That's very distressing after an already distressing incident that has happened that has caused your demise. Although I guess it makes me feel a little better because if she didn't tell him or whoever, if he or she didn't tell him that he died, like, would he just be wandering around the ward still? The hospital ward. Oh, that is true. Like not knowing what happened to him. Whereas like at least like he passed on now. Uh, that story was from S, by the way. And S, amazing. Holy shit. That was amazing. Yes. <sighs> wow. Mm, creepy. Creepy, creepy. There's a new serial killer documentary on HBO or Max or, <laughs> or whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> Too real. I mean, you know. Too fucking real. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, that spoke to my soul. About the last call killer. This guy would go to a gay bar in New York City called Townhouse, pick up men at the end of the night and murder them. Well, turns out I'm like three degrees separated from the killer. What? Girl. I work at Mount Sinai and the killer was an ICU nurse there who worked with a couple of people I still work with today. They apparently said he was a nice person who always made sure there was always fresh coffee in the pot in the ICU unit slash floor. And then there's a smack my face emoji. (laughs) And that's from Franny. Franny! Uh, I feel like he was on top of the coffee because he was having so many late nights at these bars murdering people. And so he was like, I'm fucking tired and like, I got to make sure I got my fucking caffeine fix. That's 10,000% what it is. Right? Girl, you're just on top of it. Thank you. That that just came to me. That's 10,000% what it is. I always get creeped out when it's like, uh, they seem like such a nice guy though. Like, well, uh, uh, ugh, yeah. They hide among us. I don't like it. Mm -mm. All right. In my hometown of Selkirk, Manitoba, Canada, in 2017, there was a double murder-suicide. It actually happened like two minutes up the road from where I live. Holy shit. Oof. Bill Wozni owned and operated at a local physiotherapy office for several years. Very popular and well-liked in the community. His office manager, Nicole Rosh Grigor, I'm assuming it sounds pronounced. Apologies if that's not correct. Sure. And her husband, James, were very close friends, even owning vacation homes next to each other. Turns out she was pulling some insurance scam for years, stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars. It got back to Bill as everything was in his name and he was getting the blame for this crime. Nicole caught wind that her and her husband were busted, so she stole any evidence, computers and whatnot, and threw them in the river behind their house. Bill's wife called the police to search for him a few days after he found out what Nicole was doing. She was concerned for her husband's well-being as he had left in a bad state. Monday, April 3rd, 2017, three bodies were found in the driveway of 15 Cook's Cove in East Selkirk. Bill had drank a bottle of whiskey, grabbed his gun, driven to Nicole and James's house, and killed them both before turning the gun on himself. Some wild shit for small town Manitoba. Holy fuck. I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck? That was from Anonymous. Anonymous, that was crazy. Like, Bill, if you didn't do the crime, like, I feel like you could very easily prove that it wasn't 
you kind of. Right? Like, I know not everyone who is innocent is actually found innocent, and innocent people do go to jail for crimes they didn't commit. But, dude, that seems like such such an overreaction. Yeah. For, like, a white-collar crime. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Right? You're not going to be doing, like, hard time. It's going to be, like, cute time. Yeah. You know? <sighs> that is really rough, though. That's really tragic. Yeah, fuck. Oof. Thank you again, Anonymous, for that story. Thank you so much, Anonymous. I worked as a personal support worker on the night shift at a long-term care home. I had a resident ring the bell at 2.59 a.m. I went in and asked her what she needed, and she proceeded to yell that there was a man in her bathroom and I needed to get him out. We had people who would wander into other rooms. So I asked her what the man looked like, and she said he was a black figure and he had no face. (gasps) No. Mm -mm. I calmed her down and then told whoever was in the bathroom that they had to leave her alone. I then went back to my charting. Around 3.10, I had another call bell ring, but from the other side of the floor from where the first bell went off. I went into this resident's room. This particular resident would ask for pain meds around this time, and I asked if he needed meds. He told me, and I quote, there's a creepy man in my room with no face. You need to get him out, end quote. And I quit. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) My blood ran cold and I had a nurse stay with me on the floor for the rest of my shift. And that's from Anonymous. Holy fuck. There's so many chills. I, yeah, I'm kind of speechless. Oof. I'm very creeped out. Yeah. What does this person want? Why don't they have a face? I hate everything about it. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, if it had been just, like, the one person who said it, I would have been, like, chalked it up to nothing. We're like, all right, whatever. Like, two people, now I'm creeped out. Uh, yes. And on opposite ends of the floor. Yeah. Mm-mm. Now I need to start looking for a new job. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, uh, indeed, monster.com. Hey, girl. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Anonymous, for that story. Thank you. Oh. All right, this is uh, my last story for this episode. I was a rookie cop when my brother committed suicide. He was one of my older siblings, but we were very close. He died in another state, and I had a lot of guilt then about not recognizing the signs. His remains were in bad shape by the time he was discovered, so it was a closed coffin service. About a week after he died, I was back at work one night, and my partner and I see a pimp pistol-whipping one of his girls. I jump out, and the pimp sees me, and the foot chase was on. I was running after him, gun in hand, and he cuts through a narrow corridor under a building that leads to a courtyard in the middle. Right before I reach the courtyard, I hear, it's okay, in my dead brother's voice. I hit the courtyard, and the guy is against the side, pointing a gun at my head, and squeezes the trigger twice. I froze for a millisecond, and then started beating him in the head with my revolver. To this day, I don't know why I didn't just shoot him, cuff him, and walk him back to the street and find my partner. I tell my partner about him squeezing the trigger, but not the voice I heard. We unload the gun, 32 revolver, right there, and two bullets have strike marks on them. Take the gun to the lab for testing, tell the tech the story. He puts the two bullets with the strike marks back in and shoots into the test tank. Both bullets fired. And that was from Jay. I have had chills nonstop this whole fucking story. Jay. That was so fucking wild. It gives me the vibes of the story you did, the celebrity ghost stories with the best friend who like carried him out of the club. 
and saved him. Yes. Yes. (gasps) I love that story. Guardian angel right there. Looking out. I love that. I do too. I love that. We needed something nice because all all this was traumatizing. (laughs) Because everything else was terrifying. Ah. Ah. So uh, Jay, thank you so much for that. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. So I mentioned uh, that I went to Miami for Christina's baby shower and I stayed with our friend from high school, Josie, and her husband, Ricky, and kids. And, and I stayed with Josie and, and her husband and everyone. So her husband, Ricky, was in the Air Force. And ages ago, I remember Josie saying, because I, you know, asked people for stories, you know, for the true listener tales stories. And she was like, oh, Ricky has one. And like, but he never like wrote it to me just because life is, you know, crazy and he has two kids and shit. And then, so we're talking about that, you know, that he does have this like paranormal experience that happened to him. And then in my like kind of ADD brain, I'm, I go, have you ever been to Cadena Air Force Base? <gasps> Which I did a story on. Yes. And he goes, that's where this happened. And it's the most terrified I've ever been in my life. Oh my God. I'm so intrigued. Tell me everything. Girl. Okay. So one, it's not Kadena, it's Kadena. So I mispronounced the entire episode. (laughs) So there's that. And I just want it to be known. He's never said this story out loud. His wife doesn't know the story. So this is the first time it's being, the first time he said it was to me and So this is going out to the masses. Oh my God. I feel so honored and special right now. Thank you, Ricky. So so his wife's going to hear it for the first time. She's going to be like, what the fuck? Because she was, because we like did a whole like interview about it. Like we got like in his office and I, I, you know, video, I like recorded him. She's like, how was his story? She literally doesn't fucking know, which is hilarious. Okay. So let's get into it. So I know Ricky a very long time. I know him like 20 years He's a very stand-up dude, very smart guy, not a woo-woo guy, not even like a religious guy, but we'll, we'll get into all this. Before I get into my story, I want you to know that I'm not big into spirits and stuff like that because I'm very science-based. Like, oh, there has to be a scientific explanation for it, but some shit you just can't. So in the early 2000s, I was in the Air Force Reserves. So I was doing that while I was going to school to become a math teacher. In the reserves, they'll say, hey, in like six months, we get to go to Arizona for two weeks or England for two weeks. And this particular year, it was Japan. (laughs) Bruh, (laughs) am I going to say no to going to Japan because I got to go to school? Fuck school. (laughs) Ricky's amazing. So... It actually happened to line up that I would be leaving to Japan for two weeks while I'm in school. And it was right before finals week. So I had to turn in all this work, go to Japan, come back, and then it was finals week. So that was going to be a pain in the ass, but I wasn't going to pass it up. So obviously I say, yes, I want to do this. And all my teachers understood I was in the reserves, so I had to go. But I still had to do the work. So I was sent to Okinawa and stationed at Kadena Air Force Base. I was a firefighter, so the way that we work, we work in shifts. So you know, like there's a day shift and a night shift for regular folk. There's always people working, so they'll work like 12 hours. So as a firefighter, we work 24 hour shifts at the station and then we're off 24 hours. That's our type of shift. So if you go in at seven in the morning, you're off at seven in the morning the next day. So what? 
mm-hmm. didn't realize that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that, I, I knew that's how that worked. That's also like why they sleep there because it's. That makes sense. That's how they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sleep there and all those good things. So one of the nights that I was sleeping at the fire station, I did have to turn in some calculus work. So I'm all alone. I'm doing calculus work and I'm not thinking about anything except fucking math, right? All logical. All like, oh, the derivative of this. And then we turn over the axis and blah, 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 all that bullshit. But all of a sudden in this room where I'm by myself, everybody's sleeping. This is around like nine or 10 o'clock at night over there. So everybody's already down for the night. I start to feel this weird pressure, not outside my body, like inside my body. It was just this weight of pressure just pushing in on me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It wasn't like a panic attack or anxiety because I don't know what the fuck those things are. I've never had them. And you can double check with my wife. I don't get anxiety or anything like that, which also that's a that's a great life, Ricky. I <laughs> don't know what that is. <laughs> that has not been my experience. No. So I'm feeling this pressure inside and I was doing work that I understood. So it was not like I was stressing or anything. I was in the fire station and the hangar has a high ceiling, right? So let's say from the floor, you can see up to the second story. And I look up and then the hangar just started to feel really big and dense and just full at the same time. But like full with some sort of energy, some sort of something that just kept pressing down on me. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? This is nothing like I've ever felt before at all. So then my mind starts to spiral, which is something I don't really experience because normally I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. Deuces. Peace the fuck out. (laughs) Ricky might be my new hero. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I totally agree. And he's a very chill dude. Like, again, I know in 20 years, he's exceedingly chill. He was the chill one of all of us. Like we would just be wilding out about whatever and he would just be like oh, man. Cool. <laughs> in the corner just observing us go fucking nuts over whatever. But here I'm just like, what's happening? Why do I feel like this? Why does the room feel so fucking weird? And like that pressure is just starting to build more and more and it's like all over my body and it's closer to the inside of my body. Just all of this weight bearing down on me while the room is starting to feel bigger but more full. And I couldn't get out of it. So I'm like, okay, I need to leave this place, but I can't. I need to do this fucking work. That's why I was on the computer so I could submit it and send it to my teachers. So I'm like, shit, I can't get the fuck out of this. There's nobody around. Everybody's sleeping. Nobody's fucking with me. No one's there. And again, trying to get back to logical, nobody could do this. Nobody was trying to scare me. Nobody was trying to fucking do anything. So I start to panic. And then I remembered something that my aunt told me a long time ago. She taught me a long time ago in Costa Rica. She said, if you ever feel things and you get scared, to just repeatedly recite Padre Nuestro, which is the Our Father prayer. I only know Our Father in Spanish. That's the way I was raised, right? I start and I completely fucking forget it. I forget the words to Padre Nuestro. Weirdest fucking thing. I can recite it now, but... At that time, I just felt like something was pulling the words out of my memory. <gasps> oh, that that gave me chills. That's so creepy. No. I said, Padre Nuestro, and then I'm fucking stuck. 
I'm like, I've never been stuck on Padre Nuestro. What the fuck? This is like the first thing you ever learn. It's like ingrained in you, which is true. When when you're a kid and you have like even a remotely Catholic family and you're Spanish, like that's the first, it's like one of the first things you learn. Even like, even though they don't go to church every Sunday and everything, like you fucking know this. Yeah. So it was the weirdest fucking thing. I'm just stuck. I can't say it. It's not coming to my mind. It's not coming to my mouth. I feel like something is trying to get them out so that it can come in. (gasps) Oh my God, no. So that pressure that was there was trying to come in and they knew like, no, fuck you. I'm going to take this away from you because this is your way out. I'm not going to give it to you. It just felt so fucking weird. So I'm there, I'm stuck. So I'm spiraling even more. I'm like, what the fuck? I need my Padre Nuestro. And I'm like, maybe it'll come to me in English. So I start Holy Father, which by the way, that's not how the Our Father starts. Isn't it Father who art in heaven? Yep. See, he's like, fuck that. I don't even know it in English. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, even the atheist knows this. Uh." (laughs) It's like, I never went to mass in English. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? So I'm stuck there for a couple of minutes. Now it's freaking me out even more. This is all feeling like complete shit. And I know I should not be there. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm in front of a computer. Let me see if I can search up Padre Nuestro in Spanish. Yes, yes. Logic, I love it. Exactly, logic. It's like, of course the internet should work, but I'm like, I don't know if things are censored or not. So I had to look up Padre Nuestro. He's like, look up the fucking words online. And it just felt like it was taking forever to load. Finally, get the words loaded up. I start to say it. And every time that I go back and repeat it, the room feels like it's coming back to normal. I'm feeling this weird pressure just leave me. After like the seventh or eighth time with me saying it, it's completely gone. It's not there anymore. So I'm like, all right, this was something because after doing Padre Nuestro these many times, this is not something that I can logically explain. This was definitely something that was telling me I should not have been there. Then finally, once it was gone, I had to finish my work. So that's how I was able to do it with Padre Nuestro. How I was able to get rid of that feeling, that energy, that shit that was there in that room that was trying to encompass me into whatever the fuck was happening. And then I was fine. I went back to work. I went to sleep afterwards and it was fine. And Ricky said that I should credit him by doing the Simpsons thing. Ricardo S. Oh, that's too obvious. R. Sinclair. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah. I'm honored that we were the first to hear that story. I mean, same. And and I was like, did you tell anyone, you know, that you were work with? He's like, no, no. I was like, also just like the fact that it was just like a feeling like mm-hmm. it's something that's so real and visual to you. But to just like explain that to other people, I feel like they're not going to take that seriously. Right. Yeah. And I, and I asked him if he knew about its reputation. He's like, yes, that he did. But he was like, this is bullshit, whatever but that the the local firefighters, like all of them had stories. Really? Of like their own stories from like, but because he he wasn't stationed with them, like he didn't have a lot of contact with them. So he, he didn't hear the stories, but that 
all of them had like Kadena experiences. <gasps> I mean, it's supposed to be like the most haunted Air Force base in the world. Yeah. So that was it. That's crazy. Well, good to know. Like you can just bust out the Lord's Prayer. Is that what it was? Yeah. Lord's Prayer. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I know it all, but I know the first few lines, maybe enough to like get that phone get out me into it. Yeah. Get that Google out. <laughs> I was really worried you were going to say the internet went down and I was like, God damn it. It's the ghosts fucking with our Wi-Fi all the time. I knew it. I mean, girl, I knew it. Always. Fuck. Ricky, thank you so much for the story and just for being a rad human being. I'm obsessed with him and his and his wife and his kids. They're just cool as fuck people. I love that so much. I was like, I want to meet Ricky now. Thank you again, Ricky. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're great. So now that's an incentive for Ricky and Josie to come up to, to New York to visit. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. Guys, thank you so fucking much for these stories. Holy shit. Yes. These were crazy as usual. I mean, yeah, as per usual. Again, I live a, a very boring life. Even though I have I have my stories, but they're still still pretty boring and tame comparatively. You have some crazy stories. I have the boring life by comparison. But after hearing all of this, again, I'm always like, you know what? I think I'll take boring any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I don't want to find out a man has been creeping on me in my closet oh from my crawling God. through my dog door. Oh. Cool. I'll take it. It's like certain nightmares that like you don't necessarily know you have, and then and then you hear about it and you're like, mm. That's it. You're like, cool. I have a new fear. Amazing. Thanks for this. I didn't have enough already. Like I needed one more. Yeah. If you ever want to get wildly upset, just look up the toy box click killers. Oh, I can't. It's one of those that like, it's a nightmare I never knew that I had. And I'm like, because it shouldn't even be in the realm of possibility. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. fucked up. That is one of those stories that I I just don't want to hear anything about mm-hmm. and I don't want yeah. to do any research into. And like immediately if I see something about it, I'm like, nope, close that. Like something else. I It's too much. It's just too fucked up. I didn't need to know humanity was that fucked up, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a total Pollyanna and I like think like believe in the good in people and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I guess not. I guess you're wrong. I know people are awful and I still I just didn't wonder they were that awful. Price is wrong, bitch. <sighs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's one of those stories that if somebody ever picked it for me to do, I'd be like, the past though. Yeah. Or <laughs> we don't do that. Whenever I I used to uh, be in an improv school and, and I was in a house team and, you know, they like shout out suggestions. And if someone did like a really like shitty suggestion, or, like a very like shitty, like a, dr- like a lowest common denominator, sex drugs. Yeah. I could be a, the person who ran the, the school was like, or... <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like when children ask me to do a thing with them that I don't want to do. And then I'm like, or or we could sit in color quietly, which is what I want to be doing. <laughs> How does that sound? That's fantastic. Uh, all of these stories were fantastic. Thank you again to everyone who submitted. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is always our favorite episode every every month and a half. And you guys fucking nail it. This is another fucking horror podcast. I'm Monique Sanchez. And I'm Amy Traden. You can find me on the gram at pinupgirlmo. You can find me at lobotomy, and that's lobot period Amy. 
You can also find the show on the gram at another fucking horror podcast. Although I don't know if this is a universal experience, but the gram every single fucking time I get on it, it's like glitchy and like sometimes lets me post and sometimes doesn't. I don't know if just Mercury is just like having a field day with this bitch or what's happening. Mercury does like to fuck shit up. Girl. So that's why sometimes it, it takes a bit to post things, but we'll still post. Uh, so <laughs> follow the show on the gram at another fucking horror podcast every sixth episode, which was this episode. We do a true listener tales episode where we read you your true crazy stories. So if you have one or you just want to say hi, email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking guys. We're so obsessed with you. Thanks for being rad as fuck. Keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.